you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, everybody. Today's episode is supported by Kronos. No one compliments you when their paycheck is correct, but make one mistake and you risk alienating your entire workforce. Kronos makes sure that your payroll is done right the first time from punch to paycheck, embedded checklists, simplified workflows, a single source of truth, HR, payroll, talent, and timekeeping in one unified system, all with a proven implementation approach and simplified transparent pricing. Learn more at Kronos.com slash payroll. Kronos. K-R-O-N-O-S dot com slash payroll. Kronos, workforce innovation that works. And also, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, Wrangler jeans are for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, all price points, vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their selection of jeans, shirts, and outerwear for men and women. New styles, great fits, Wrangler, real comfortable jeans. Brett Favre approves. The Around the NFL Podcast thinks duck is the best type of meat out there. (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left and Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey. Mark Sessler under the weather, not feeling himself this morning, so uh, we soldier on as a trio. Three amigos, if you will. <laughs> what a day for football! It was like we. W- I think the NFL held off last week while we were in London. Let's have a nice week one. Everyone's gonna enjoy it anyways. Let's save the good stuff for when these guys are just in the studio and can watch. I mean, you say good as someone that is deeply plugged in to the <laughs> kicking game in professional football. This was a dark day. This was a hashtag oh, never forget. This day. was maybe the most fun day I've had watching football in like. Four or five years. Wow. Football put on a sexy red gown and turned heads at the en- mm. end of summer ball today. <laughs> that that sequence, and we talked about this when we How were at Sky you. Sports. Sounds like week. a personal shot at no, me. No, no, no. You talked about this last week <laughs> at Sky Sports. That 15 to 20 minute window at the end of the early games, and today you had uh, Kirk Cousins with an impossible throw to Adam Thielen to force overtime. Saints You've Browns. Got, you got Fitzpatrick at the podium looking like a. What, a pimp? I don't know. 
He was looking like Deshaun Jackson because he just took Deshaun Jackson's outfit. That was the story behind Saints that. Browns. You've got Vontae Davis retiring at halftime, and that news is coming out. You've got Falcons, Houston driving, Pittsburgh driving, Carolina driving. There all was about five games at the end, which all came yep. down. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, I grew up listening to Mike Francesa in New York. He had a term for the end of the games uh, in that hour. It's called the witching hour. He oh, it dog. is. Uh, dog, it's the witching hour. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, So what are we going to do? We're going to go through all of the games uh, on Sunday. And yes, uh, despite the the woes in the kicker game and a lot of kickers uh, that are unemployed were on their couches jumping up and down with joy because there's going to be workouts across the league. And we're going to get to that with each game. You know, your boy Kai was enjoying today. Oh, Kai's feeling good. You know why? Guaranteed. I put a sandwich on it if anybody wants to take me on it. Kai Forbath is on a team week three. <laughs> Who wants to take me on it? Kai's getting a job because Kai was good last year. Maybe not in Minnesota because th- we'll get to that. But I, I'll, ta- I'll take you up on that. I would not take you up on Kai get is one of the kickers in some tryout no, in, a couple, be in a couple signed. different cities. No, I agree with Dan. I, All right, let's do it. Sandwich. I'll take the field. Wow. All of a sudden, I'm super invested in Kai Forbath. I hope he uh, <laughs> interviews well. All right. So let's get to the games. And why don't we start uh, with a rematch of the uh, AFC Championship. Dropping the throw is Blake. Looking. Fires a little crossing route. Caught wide open. D.D. Westbrook in the Patriots territory. Season bounds at the 40. D.D. Westbrook inside the 30-yard line. Along the left sideline. Inside the 10. To the 5. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Bortles to D.D. Westbrook. For the touchdown! Frank Frangie, W-O-K-V, with the call. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles threw for 377 and four touchdowns, including that game-clinching 58-yard hookup with D.D. Westbrook. And the Jacksonville Jaguars deliver an early, Greg, statement with a 31-20 win over the New England Patriots. As I said, a rematch of the AFC Championship game. West. the Jags could not close the door on the Pats in January. This time, they slammed it shut. Well, this was a beatdown from the beginning to the end. And there was a period, middle of the fourth quarter, where it looks like the Patriots could get back into the game if things broke right. But they didn't break right. And on fourth and inches from their own 19-yard line, down 11 points, they decided to punt. Mm. And to me, that was that was a backbreaker because the very next play, Blake Bortles to D.D. Westbrook, 61 yards, some Poor tackling on that play. Some poor angles were taken, and the game was over. But this was Jaguars dominating up front on both sides of the ball and showing that they just have a much stronger roster. Well, you think of the Patriots as this established team, and they are an established franchise with the greatest quarterback of all time. But these two teams, as they stand now, the Jaguars are kind of who they are. They're gonna, they want to stay this team that they have in terms of their defense and in terms of offensively, they know what they want to be for the most part. The the Patriots are very much a work in progress. So even though the, the Jaguars, I don't know if they were an underdog in this game or not, to me they're the more established team, and they look like it. The Patriots are, I think, going to be fine, but they're f- going to be figuring some things out on both sides of the ball. They lost their best defensive player, Trey Flowers, to a concussion. They lost Patrick Chung. And Blake Bortles was making throws that Bill Belichick was daring him to make. The first two drives of the game to me were the key for the Jaguars. He hit a lot of tight windows. It wasn't necessarily the Patriots defense playing poorly. It was Blake Bortles beating one-on-one matchups. And remember, this is the Jaguars without Leonard Fournette, who had the hamstring issue. 
inactive. So what they what do they do? They don't pound on the ground. They a lot of short passes. And then, like you said, just when there was one play in particular, I think uh, one of the early touchdowns, Patriots. We saw eight in the box, basically daring Blake Bortles to beat you downfield, and he did it. And I think this is such a big game for Blake Bortles. It's a big game in the AFC. Uh, we talked about it before, Greg, how it's kind of a bummer it was week two. But it counts the same. So now if these two teams finish with the same record and there's a uh, postseason bye on the line, it is the Jaguars that would get that bye. And I think, Wes, this is a huge day for Blake Bortles and his confidence as this season starts to get uh, rolling. They're 2-0 now. He was legitimately great today. Um, as far as his confidence goes, I'm not buying into that narrative. I've seen this too often. The job of an NFL starting quarterback is to be consistent and reliable, and Bortles is the opposite of that. Well, people forget he's had incredible games. They're usually not this high profile, but he's thrown in three or four of these games, certainly in his second year, in his third year, a couple of them last year. Like He's had these games where you can see why he was taken number three overall in the draft. And I think one thing that Jags fans have to feel great about, though, is Keelan Cole – is legit. I mean, he might have been undrafted, but he plays like a number one receiver. I mean, he makes plays. Corey Grant needs to be a big part of this offense, even when Leonard Fournette is back. And I, I don't think they're better without Fournette, but I do think they're more aggressive without Fournette and a little less predictable. And maybe that helps them in a game against the Patriots. That, Wes, you referred to the Patriots' decision to punt. Very, They were down 24-3 in this game. Uh, the Jaguars turn it over near midfield. New England turns that into a touchdown. They kick a field goal. They're back within striking distance. And it was a, a unique situation because they, they got the first down initially, and it was challenged, and it was a good challenge by Doug Marone because it, when it happened, I said, oh, I don't like that challenge because very rarely do spot challenges get overturned. But in this case, it did. So now it's fourth and inches, and I know it's deep in New England territory, but Bill has done this before. Were you guys surprised that he did opt to punt? I was shocked, and I think – we were talking down there. Greg seemed shocked, and we were both yelling at Romo that he was right. wrong. I was condescending to Romo, being like, but "They're you not going to." I Romo. was like, "They're not going to punt here. They're going to go for it. Of course, they're going to go inches. for it." It's inches. Like and it's, and you've got the the best quarterback sneaker of all time. This, this wasn't one of those games, though. And I know Tim Posey, who's behind the yeah, glass, the loose cannon, who was really taking this hard. Uh, this isn't one of those as a Patriots fan where I'm worrying about those small details, just because the Jaguars were much better. Like, they just were what? way better. And, yeah, they could have snuck back into the game, but I had no faith that the Patriots would ultimately get stops or make enough big plays on offense to get it done. What To me, the, the most alarming fact for the Patriots is what do you do? What do you have when a guy like Todd Walsh, the defensive coordinator, creatively takes out Rob Gronkowski? What else do you have on offense? Well, you got 14 weeks to figure that out. Yeah. I, I think you're going to have and a I, lot more. And you have Tom You have Tom Brady, I guess, and be the starting. Point. If you follow the sport, you know the Patriots in September are very different than the Patriots in January. But, Greg, I just have to check in with you. Uh, the pants, uh, sometimes you know, moisture <laughs> gets strapped. Couldn't, be, couldn't be more dry. Uh, yeah, right. So where and, are we? Uh, let's say 10. Oh, my goodness. I need to get home. I got my pants that soaked through. One, nothing at all. Total dryness. P-scale. Total dryness. This is the – they were out – You don't want to go back to Jacksonville in January, bro. I don't care what That's Patriots true. show it's, up. It's a week two game. And almost any result okay. this early is got, not going to be that worrisome. But the Jaguars played great. I mean, Tamposi's – her pants are wet right now. 
Let's just put it out there. I smelled it as soon as I walked in. She was freaking out. That's during, not during true, the game. but you're right. If it comes down to the bye, and also this is not a game that we want to lose. You don't want to – because when we She's see them weak. again. No, this was the game. I'm, I've been looking forward to this game more than a lot of the other ones coming up. I mean, this means something down the line. It doesn't matter that Maybe. we played it like an extension of preseason. Belichick was – go on. Just go ahead. What do you mean they played it? They just got outplayed it. It happened. I just want to mark it today, September 16, 2018 that our producer made a formal, sincere denial that she had uh, wet herself. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> By the way, the hottest He's game in history. Line. The Super hot guy. Jaguars history. Mahomes to try to get the right protection call. Mahomes swing left sideline. Passes caught Tyreek Hill. Touchdown! Kansas City on a streak pattern up the left sideline. Mitch Holtus, KCFX with the call. Patrick Mahomes tied a franchise record. Six touchdown passes. Can you believe this guy? And the Chiefs held off the Pittsburgh Steelers. A 42-37 win at Heinz Field. Back-to-back road games for Mahomes goes absolutely nuts. Greg, there wasn't a lot of defense to be found in this one, but a mano-a-mano showdown between the old guard, Big Ben, and the new one, PM2. I made that up. <laughs> yeah, we need a we need a nickname for Patrick Mahomes in general and just watching him play. I mean, for right now, to me, he's just box office. They're the number one team on the that game. That should be his nickname. That They're the number one team on the Game Pass rankings. They should be the number one team on CBS if they've got an option of who they can show nationally because when you can – put up 21 points like that in the first half, or 42, and Tyreek Hill barely touches the ball. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have to get almost as much credit as Mahomes, whose timing and accuracy and kind of next-level eye movement has really been good for a young player. But these guys are open. I mean, Tyreek Hill gets behind the, the defense every play. Sammy Watkins was open all day. Travis Kelsey had a yard and a half of separation on a lot of these plays. It, it's looked it looked too easy. It, it's looked familiar, too, for a Steelers defense that gave up, what, 44 last time they were in Pittsburgh? Yikes. I'm trying to remember. Big 45? They got what? a break. Big week for the top 10 receiving core rankings. Ooh, that's what <laughs> every, she, everyone she was saying up. that after this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sammy Watkins, who is maybe the fourth best position uh, or skill position player on this team, would be the best on some teams. Yeah. And he looked good today. And Kelsey, it, those two guys, Kelsey and Watkins, who didn't do a lot last week, were the kind of the dominant figures today. But I've watched this Steelers team enough. And Tomlin's been their coach for a while. And these players on defense, for the most part, have been there a while. And I know they got out-schemed, and it's only week two. And it was really hot in Pittsburgh as well. But I never trust this defense to make any stops. And at some point, you got to wonder just – Not since Shazier went down. That's true. They were playing great last year midway through the season, and you just this team needs to have some sort of defense. You mentioned the one-on-one matchup between Roethlisberger and Mahomes. To me, that was a draw. Big Ben made a, a, a number nuts. of incredible plays. Did he have a bad elbow? For the what most, was that about? Right. Yeah, do, do you think he played that up a little bit, Wes? Come on. <laughs> is, the, is, the ben, is the Pope Catholic? Ben, did you play it up at all with the elbow? <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> that was my impression of Ben. Be honest, Ben. Okay, yeah, he was. I mean, yeah. The difference partly was also just this was like an arena league game where it was just came down to who can make one or two stops. 
and Ryan Switzer and Ben Roethlisberger were not on the same page on one third down mm. where Roethlisberger expected Switzer to keep mm. going. It was like a third and one. So many of the, the third and sevens and third and six just felt like layups. You just expected the offense on both sides to get 15 yards every play, and they made a mistake on that, and little plays like that were the difference. There wasn't too much separating. As, as a football fan, these are not my favorite types of games. That's why anybody that was saying Eagles – Patriots is one of the top Super Bowls. I like a little defense. I like when it's a little even and there, there's some playmaking on both sides of the ball. Going up and down the field, I watch these two teams and I, I, I'm thinking they can put up points and they'll probably be exciting for a lot of people. But are these contenders? If, you, if, if, if your defense is this bad, can you be taken seriously in the conference? I am already taking the Chiefs seriously. Yeah. Well, remember last September, though. With right. The- no, no, I get it. I get it. I just think they're – maybe it's the – Early season, Andy Reid is already ahead of everyone. He is ahead of people are going to catch up to him thing. I don't know because people caught up to him last year. I think the defensive personnel, especially in Pittsburgh, but in Kansas City too, can there's good enough players there that I think they could improve throughout the course of the season. But I think for right now, Mike Tomlin's coaching the wrong team, and I and I think. He, we saw this a little Who bit. Who should he be coaching? He should be coaching the team that he has, which is not a team with a defense you can trust. And I remember last week you said, you know, Hugh Jackson almost – Dan said that Hugh Jackson almost didn't seem ready to win that game. It got a little the tight. The whole team, I thought. But yeah. the Steelers were really the team in that game that did that as well. They sat on that lead. They were way too conservative against the Browns. And I saw the same thing today out of the Steelers. In too many situations in this game where they could not get stops, they were punting on fourth down. And I know it's fourth and six, fourth and seven. They just had to start going for it when they – when they needed to keep the ball, they punted, I think at one point with eight minutes left and the game was basically over at that point. You got to play to your strengths in its offense. Do you think that where you are, you've made comments that you see the Steelers as a team, not in the playoffs. And you even threw out some, some records that would be eye opening if the Steelers finished with them. Do you think that we're just sleeping on them? That of course they're going to put it together. They have too much talent not to. I mean, they're only oh one and one. So right. I, it's not a panic. I mean, they also, Jesse James looked good. Smith shoes. Come on, there, you want the Steelers to you want take them to the take old dirt, dirt now. I do. I mean, let's let's root for the story, and we've seen the Steelers enough in the mix. Oh yeah, we haven't seen the Pats enough though, so let's root for them. Well, too. that's my that's my team. <laughs> like, I think uh, don't they seem like a team with a few more L's could just internally combust? Like just it goes a little haywire. They never have though, you know. Yeah. Under Tomlin, but I I see where you got going. nine and seven, but yeah. Let's move on. A 35-yard field goal try to kick the Vikings to 2-0. Snap spot. Carlson! He missed it again, and he missed it right. And for the third time in the history of the border battle, we have a tie. Daniel Carlson missed three field goals today. (laughs) Paul Allen, KFAN, with the call. My goodness. He's the best. Daniel Carlson. What was he, a fourth-round pick? Fifth-round pick? I think fifth. Missed two field goals in overtime, including that 35-yarder. Pushed it right. His time expired. And the Minnesota Vikings stuck with a 29-29 tie with the Packers. They wiped out a 13-point deficit in this game, but ended up kissing their sister. That's a weird phrase that people will use. Shook. Nick Shook. He's back. He helped us out on Sunday Night Football last week, and now we lean on him again. He's in the studio with us. There's a lot to break down here, buddy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers delivered another great performance on one le- on one leg. Kirk Cousins played like a star. But both teams will come out of this tie with regret, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was waiting for the Paul Allen call. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Poor guy. It was a bad day for kickers, and uh, Daniel Carlson was one of the worst offenders. But this game was a tale of two halves because in the first half, Green Bay played great defense. Uh, they they stuck with their base package, which they, they did not do in week one. And it kind of left Minnesota scrambling for an answer. Mm. And then the second half, Green Bay switches what they're doing. Minnesota is left to pass because they're trying to erase a deficit. And they end up tying the game, uh, you know, in, in regulation on what might be a controversial call. We're probably going to hear about it more uh, in the next 24 hours, which is Clay Matthews' hit on Kirk Cousins, which nullified an interception. That was a disgrace. That would have ended the game. That made me furious. Yeah. And I, if I'm a Packers fan, I'm dying. But even as a football fan, uh, he gets up under Kirk Cousins, but not in a flagrant way, not in a violent way. Just as Cousins releases the pass, he takes him down. They throw the flag, and Matthews, who who got killed with a roughing the passer last week that he deserved, he got up, and he was absolutely stunned. Let's just let's hear from Clay Matthews his thoughts on that. I mean, I don't even know where to start, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I have so many emotions kind of running through as far as... Is that Tim Riggins? <sighs> it's just what a terrible He's very Tim Riggins-like. Handsome man. I don't know what else to do. I mean, I don't know. You let me know. Let me tell me. Did I did I put pressure on him? Because I, I, you know, I thought I hit him with the, uh, you know, his, his, his waist, the chest. I got my head across, put my hands down, and to call it, you know, at that point in the game is just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Patient on why? No, I didn't get I didn't get explanation whatsoever. I had no idea. You know, I looked up. There was a flag there, and uh, uh, I honestly had no idea. You know, because like I said, I, you know, I got my head across, hands were down. Uh, didn't dump him, hit him within the framework, uh, you know, the, the proper tackling area. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, much like you saw with, the, with lowering the helmet preseason, I, I think they hopefully uh, the league, you know, gets to the refs and, you know, tells them to tone it down a little bit because it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what else to do. So Tony Carrenti, the official, did speak with the media afterwards. He said it had nothing to do with any of the new rules, that when Clay Matthews hit the quarterback, he lifted him and drove him into the ground. If you watch the replay, that's just clearly the wrong call. Cousins kind of jumped up in the air. He didn't lift him or drive him to the ground. It was just a bad call that could swing the division. Now, Shook, on Twitter I saw that Eric Kendricks had a similar call go against him. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Okay. Um, But this one – was not in the same level as that because this decided the game, essentially. I mean, obviously it's on Green Bay to get a stop, and they didn't, but they got one on that play. I mean, afterwards you want to bounce back. You know, if if you're you're really the better team, you get the stop, and they didn't, but that's a terrible call. Uh, Not to take away from the Vikings, they had two great performances from Adam Thielen and uh, Stephon Diggs. And the quarterback. Yes, and, and Kirk Cousins breaking 400 yards, four touchdowns, only one pick. 35 of 48, and an incredible connection with Thielen to get them in the end zone late. And kept putting them in position to kick game-winning field goals. And they couldn't do it. <laughs> that was a ridiculous throw to tie, and then it was a pretty throw on the two-point conversion. Cousins yeah. definitely yeah. put some dimes up. It was a weeks. perfect two-play illustration of how their passing game is because he goes to Thielen first on what, according to Next Gen Stats, was the toughest catch of the season, had a catch probability or completion probability of 12.4%. That's a new metric. I believe it. How does it, what does that, that even, how do they compute that? It takes in it's a bunch right. of different factors, separation at time of release, that kind of thing. Felt um, like 2.4%. <laughs> right? And, yeah. uh, and then the next play, they go to Diggs on a well-run route to tie the game. And, you know, it's encouraging for Vikings fans going forward. And, and, the Packers, to an extent, um, this is going to be a division battle that I can't wait to see them meet later. In the you season. know who this this is discouraging for? 
Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. Yeah. A tie is – maybe mm. knock one of those teams out of the playoffs yeah. down the road. Daniel Carlson uh, beat out Kai's Kai for Bath. Uh, drafted in the fifth round. So it puts you uh, – I know uh, our boy Paul Allen said they might leave him uh, at Lambeau, but you're in a, a tough spot as an organization because when you invest draft capital in a kicker, like we saw last year with uh, Aguayo – the team is going to probably stick with you. So you wonder if, A, they do exactly that and give this guy more chances. And then you have to wonder, and this is where it's a tough game and a tough gig, if he's going to cost them another game just because they, they feel like they don't want to eat that uh, draft investment and, and just admit a failure on it. So it's a tough situation uh, for the Vikings, who have been haunted and snakebitten at the kicker position for decades, as we know. And this is just another kind of unforgettable chapter. Uh, in that world. Do you know, we've made some progress compared to last year. Last September, we were talking about the catch roll, <laughs> the anthem drama, injuries taking out star players, mm. too many flags, boring football games, sloppiness from the preseason let hangover. And this year, we're like, oh, the fun game ended in a tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am also the tie guy, by the way. This was my assigned game this week, one <laughs> of them. for two. I, I had the Browns last week. Well, we've never game. had three ties in a season since they went to the overtime rule, which was over 30 years ago or 40 years ago. So we just assigned, just assigned Chuck. And you're right. At this point last year, we were talking about, remember the scoring crisis of September right. of 2017. Yeah. People were like, Oh, defense is just dominating. Oh, lines too much. are, now are every- non-existent anymore. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be remiss if we didn't get a report on Aaron Rodgers playing on one leg. He looked really good. Uh, he decided to wear a, a, an actual brace this week, which seemed to help him. Um, you really couldn't, Tell it wasn't like last week. It wasn't like yeah. where he was kind of floating around. Well, there was on one, one scramble to the sideline in the second yeah. half where he looked like a guy with a, a leg brace, but otherwise he was Aaron Rodgers. He also scrambled once and dove forward, and I, I got scared because I was like, he's throwing his body right into the action. Come on, Aaron, be yeah. careful. All right, moving on. This will be an attempt of 36 yards by Brandon McManus for the win. Snap placement. McManus has it up. It is good. Dave Logan. KOA with the call. Brandon McManus in a day when no kicker seemed to have the onions to, to put their team over the top. McManus did. He got he snuck it inside the right upright. 36-yard field goal attempt with seconds to play. The deciding points for the Broncos and a 2019 win over the Oakland Raiders at Mile High. Uh, Mr. Shook. It looked, it looked for a time that the Raiders were gonna grind this one out, but their offense stalled late in the fourth, and then Case Keenum made them pay. Yeah, Gruden's grinders couldn't finish those, this one off. It was <laughs> kind of like last week in that, you know, they couldn't hang on to a lead, except they weren't playing the Rams, they were playing the Broncos, and and there was a point there in the fourth quarter where they got a contested first down, and it looked like, you know what, this one's about to be over, but they couldn't ride Marshawn Lynch enough to close that game out, and Case Keenum looked kind of like Case Keenum of Minnesota last year, and moving the ball down the field, uh, got it to a number of receivers, and uh, got down in a field goal range, and McManus drilled it through. On a day when it's been bad for kickers, I was happy to see one actually go through. The Barely made it, too. Yep. The Close. AFC playoff picture, Wes, is wide open, uh, especially in the back end. Uh, these are the type of games that you, that you can steal. That's the difference between 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and 10-6. And, and the Broncos, who are in this mix, uh, that's a big win for them. It's a huge win for them. And, oh, oh it's salvaged. The ATN lockup segment for the week. Thank Ooh. God. Actually, Greg, you had a lock, didn't you? I locked the uh, Steelers. Wes, thank you for coming through.
And this game, I want to hear from Shook about one of my favorite players to watch. Do not compare your favorite scat back to Philip Lindsay because he's better than whoever you're going to talk about. Your Austin Ecklers, your whoever. Philip Lindsay is better. He can run inside. How he dare you bring up James shadows. White in the face of Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay is a way more complete back, a better runner. He's a better runner than Chris Thompson. How about that for a yep. setup show? No, he's, he's absolutely right. He's the first player. Get this, too. Just disagree with Wes. We want to see what happens. <laughs> I can't on this one. He... And say LeBron's better than Jordan. Really. I dare you. <laughs> no, I'm not going down that And way. then squeeze him bet- between your massive biceps. <laughs> Philip Lindsay, guy who wasn't invited to the combine, even though he's second most. he had the second most rushing yards in the history of Colorado uh, football, hmm. uh, didn't get an invite to the combine. Seems like an oversight. Undrafted. And became the first undrafted player to have 100-plus yards from scrimmage in his first two games in NFL history. Whoa. He did it today with 107 yards on 14 carries and looks – he he's like a jumpy running back. You know, he's a guy who gets through the hole. He gets around a defender. He actually sets up his blockers well. He had a really nice run late in the game today. There's nobody really built like him. He's a little no. high cut for a running back. As yeah, far 165 as legs, pounds. But he's, but he's muscular. But he's and he can powerful. run inside. His yeah. is sick. <laughs> He's like if Jarius Norwood had muscles back in the day. Wow, I like that's that. a deep grab there. Yeah, the John Gruden's sick, by the way. Yeah, this is a game. He looks so dejected after the Monday night. They were just outclassed in the second half, and after all the negative publicity tied to the Khalil Mack trade, this was setting up well—a road win in your division. And they just could not close it out. That one, that's what keeps you up at night. I think that's what drove them out of the league, to be honest with you. Yeah. Losses like that. I think there are two coaches in the league who really need a win or needed a win this week. One of them is Hugh Jackson. The other one's John Gruden. Oh, let's mm. let's talk about it. Do you want to stay on the show for one more game? Yeah, let's do it. Chuck, you are yeah. uh, filling in capably. Shout out success. to Derek Carr. 29 for 32 yeah, for 288. There Whoa. were some good things here for the Raiders. They were up 19-7 with 20 minutes to go, a team that we <laughs> mocked uh, – a week ago, and they and they I blew did, it. But, but yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I kinda I'm just saying they had to feel some good things. I kind of want to stand up for Derek Carr because he took yeah. it on the shoulders, on the nose last week. Yes, he got did. blamed for it and was really good today. Derek yeah, Carr played like an MVP today. Bing. One more. Let's move on. 52-yard field goal attempt. He's missed two. He's made one, and he's missed an extra point. 21-18, New Orleans snap is back. Ball is down. He's into it. End over end. The kick is no good with three seconds to go. Mm. Jim Donovan, WKRK, with the call. Zane Gonzalez uh, misses a 51-yard attempt, final seconds of the game. He missed a lot of kicks in this game. And Will Lutz for the Saints delivered on a 44-yard field goal with 21 seconds left uh, left in the game. Enough for the Saints to pull out a 21-18 win. Extends the Browns' winless streak to 19 games. Uh, he missed how many kicks today, Gonzalez? Uh, two field goals and two extra points. Oh, my God. My God. <laughs> so you added up. That's eight points left on the field. And uh, your thoughts, Shook, on this one. This one had to hurt. Um, You know, as someone who grew up and watched the Browns blow a lot of leads and listened to Jim Donovan, uh, you know, narrate those over the years, you have to expect that they will give up a lead even in this quote-unquote new era of Browns football. But this one – Hardland. This one ranks up there because um, their defense has played good for two weeks now, and their offense was doing enough to what looked like – you know, it set set them up 
to have these field goal tries to extend the lead. You know, he makes two of those field goals and they've got 18 points. And, you know, prior to all this, the rest of that, that touchdown that ended up tying the game, it looked like a team that was capable of going down to New Orleans and beating a Saints team that has underachieved so far and also lacks options offensively, which we'll get to in a second. But they couldn't do it again. And you, as much as you want to put it on the kicker, because obviously he misses two field goals and two extra points, at the same time, what about the offense, uh, you know, chewing some clock? Because they had the opportunity to twice – Went three and out one possession, and then Tyrod Taylor threw a pick and the next one. So it's a uh, total team – well, two, two-thirds of the team failed in this afternoon. And the heartbreak is amplified by the fact that it comes just hours after we find out that the Browns are set to release or trade Josh Gordon after he came down with a hamstring injury and um, away from the facility, I guess. And Shooting uh, some type of promo- promotional shoot injured his leg. Team had questions about – I don't know about a sobriety or just that he wasn't in the right headspace, and they, I guess they finally ran out of patience in Josh Gordon. Uh, Greg, what, your thoughts on that? Is it Was it the right time for the Browns, or had they re- – I mean, my, my honest thought was unless there was a legitimate, like, relapse or something like that, and maybe there was. We don't According know. to the plain dealer, it seemed like they believe – the Browns are putting it out there that they believe that or that right. something wasn't but right, with it, which is a little which is a little irresponsible. And there was a lot of Browns side of things mm-hmm. when this went down. I also can't kill them for giving up on this relationship after six years. Like they've seen him every day up close. It's just a shame. It, the the weird part I think is all these other teams and the fans like, yeah, let's get Josh Gordon. Like that's gonna do and. It, this is a guy who's barely played for five years. We talked about it in the preseason. Why is anyone counting on that a man's going to turn his life around when he's in a struggle that he hasn't been able to overcome, and you, you just can't assume that? He has said in the past that he never played sober, that his issues with substance abuse go back to middle school. A guy with absolute problems. You hope that he gets his life on the right track, but the Browns decided they couldn't wait for him anymore. Getting back to this game, and this is – Shook, this is the most Brownsy thing possible in the kind of like this is long for me anyway, and I think this room we're all on the same page. It's gone way past whether you know, oh, the Browns stink, they're kind of the lovable losers. It's just at this point a tired narrative. You want the franchise to, to exit this period, yeah. but they can't get out. I mean, the perfect example was the Tyrod Taylor touchdown that tied the game, a beautiful rainbow. Antonio Callaway, a guy that's a part of their future as well. It's one of the prettiest throws I can remember. And Browns fans like you, Shook, you don't even get two minutes to enjoy that moment before the damn kicker blows it. Yep. You know how when you watch an, you you know you guys have kids, uh, when you watch an, a newborn learn to crawl, and before they crawl, you got to lay them on their stomach, and they kind of put their face in the ground. Yes. And they they make some weird noises, baby noises, and eventually cooing. They start I to, believe they yes, call it. Uh, yeah. And they lift their head up, and then eventually they start to crawl. The Browns are in that state right now where they're just face down on the baby blanket. Yeah. And maybe they'll get that one arm up, and maybe they'll start to move. But right now, they just can't get. Well, over you hope. That. You hope. You hope that it doesn't. You know, it can get better or it can get worse. We don't really know. It's impressive that they went down there and held the Saints to 275 yards. We were so confident that the Saints were going to win this game that we said you're not even allowed to lock lock this game up. But the reality is they outplayed the Saints for much of the game. They had their chances to win. They've done some really good things 
defensively, but at the end of the game, when you see that look in Hugh Jackson's face, like he needs to get a better poker face. I don't know. I just feel bad for him. How can you? But he looks so dejected and so beaten down. It really reminds me of some of the moments in, in, in hard knocks. And I'm thinking like he can't, I don't know. He, I, I don't want to see my head coach looking like the way right. he's looking late in that game. But, but can you blame him? I mean, he's he's been no, going through this but for three years. It's not right, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, let me just say uh, one thing I've never seen before at the end of a football game. Zane Gonzalez misses the last kick. Uh, he's sitting on the bench. The camera's trained on him. The game's over. He's just on the bench, and the opposing kicker, Will Lutz, runs across the field to offer him encouragement and consoles him and then runs off. That was painful. In American team sports, there is nothing like the psychological pressure on a kicker. After a full day of, what, 50, 45 people on each side playing, it, everything comes down to one swing of your body, one yeah. motion. Yeah. The whole day comes down to that. And if you want to read the best article you can find on the psychology of kicking by Michael Lewis, the same guy who wrote The Blind Side, uh, I tweeted it. Today, The Kick is Up and It's a Career Killer is the name of the article from the New York Times 2007. It's a great read mm-hmm. on kickers. It's funny, too, because, you know, he missed that extra point to the left, which is how he missed a field goal earlier. So that when he misses the long try at the end of the game, pushes it to the right. Yep. Saints need to get it together, by the way. They they really – I don't – I hate getting too deep into the psychological stuff, but they do seem like the team that just was a little – too full of themselves, yeah. a little too so confident. Far, yeah. And they are lucky that they're one and one though. In the end it kinda hasn't right. mattered. They have they have the pieces to play better, but they have played two stinkers. Offensively they miss Mark Ingram and it's pretty evident. All right, Chuck, you deserve that win today. Mark Sessler deserved that win today, and maybe you will get one soon, but I hope not Thursday against the Jets. <laughs> I think the Browns, that's the turning point. The Browns uh soldier on. Shook, thank you for jumping in. You were awesome as you always are. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having Shook. me on. Let's move on. Side formation now with a fullback slash H-back with a snap. Play action fake. Fat Patrick wants to go deep. Down the field. It goes toward Deshaun Jackson. Makes the catch of the 40. To the 30. To the 25. Deshaun Jackson to the 20. 15, 10, 5. 3, 2, 1. First play of the game. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. <laughs> wow. Fire. Fire the cannons. Fire them again. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a big year for Gene Deckerhoff of WFUS. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for more than 400 yards and four touchdowns for the second time in seven days, leading the Tampa Bay Bucks 27-21 win over the Eagles, the defending champs, on Sunday in Tampa West. Fitz Magic, both on the field and at the <laughs> post-game press conference podium, is dripping. Did I use that teen slang correctly? Well, I don't think you want to turn to me as the authority for that. I know. That's why I thought it'd be funny to turn to you as the authority. But he did own the moment. After you, after you oh, get a game like it. that and go to the podium looking like Conor McGregor, you're, you're owning the moment. And I think this team is in love with him. Ten seconds into the game, they're up seven to nothing on a 75-yard touchdown. Before halftime, he <laughs> becomes the first quarterback in, in Tampa Bay history to throw two 75-yard touchdown plays. And then by the end of the game, he's the first quarterback in franchise history to have two consecutive games of four four touchdown passes. And the whole time I'm watching this game, I'm thinking the Super Bowl champions, as they're currently composed with the injuries on their roster, have no prayer of keeping up with the firepower that Fitzpatrick has. <laughs> Just like we all predicted. Right. The, the hardest statistical start to a season in NFL history in terms of opponents winning percentage, the Bucks having to face the Saints 
Eagles and Steelers next week, and they are 2-0, and and Ryan Fitzpatrick has eight touchdowns and 13 incompletions in two weeks. That's the crazy thing. Is <laughs> Wow. He, he and, has, and he's throwing balls up right, for grabs. That's the difference. Is he is He's throwing 75, 20-yarders. I was really impressed late in the game. The, the final score is only 27-21, but both teams were over 400 yards. This was another offense-heavy day. I was really impressed. Mm, that's late, misleading. Late in the, the game. The Eagles couldn't move the ball for large sections of this game. When the Bucks got the ball back, though, with three minutes to go, and that those are kind of the key snaps uh, of the game, Fitzpatrick has thrown a deep out to the entire opposite side of the field on third down. He's hitting a slant on third and seven. So it wasn't just the long touchdowns. It was those clutch third down throws with the game on the line against a team that should be getting some pass rush on him. No, he was clean. Fletcher Cox, I think, got him once, but he was clean. I think he's only been sacked one time in, in two games. As uh, From his Jets years, that was one thing he was always good at. He gets rid of the ball quickly. Even if you don't have a good offensive line, he's somebody that can bail you out and keep you from having a game where you get sacked six times. Sometimes he gets it out so quickly, he just throws it to the other team. And you play Ryan Fitzpatrick long enough, that might end up happening. But you also... And with Jameis Winston due to come back uh, in two weeks now, you also could be in a situation where Fitzpatrick gets hot for a couple months, and now it seems very very possible and perhaps likely – that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to keep Jameis Winston on the bench. It would it probably oh, I'd would be take, shocked if it would if, take like a meltdown next week, right? It's going to take a slump of more than one game, I think, for Fitzpatrick to come out of this lineup. Mm. I, I do not think that Jameis Winston is is going to be the starter like as soon as he gets back from suspension. I don't think there's any chance of that. I mean, they Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers had 21 rushes for 35 yards, and they still win this game. One one thing in defense of the Eagles, they enter this game without their starting quarterback, without the number one receiver, and by the end of the first quarter, they lose Mike Wallace, their deep threat. They lose Jay Ajayi, their starting running back. They lose Jason Peters, their left tackle. And then Jason Pierre-Paul kicked the crap out of Vitae for a while there. So th- they, their injuries really were a factor in this game. They're, they're lucky they stole the Eagles, that is, last week's game. Very lucky. Yes. Uh, let's stay in the NFC South. Here's Ryan, looks left. Matt now dances out of the pocket to his left. Scott Hooper, now he's going to tuck and run, and Matt Ryan scores! It's an Atlanta touchdown for number two. How about the effort to get in the end zone? West Durham, WZGC with the call. Matt Ryan threw two touchdowns. He ran for two more. That's the first time he's ever done that, leading the Atlanta Falcons to a 31-24 win over the Panthers. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, that's more like it for the Falcons offense, who actually cashed in on numerous red zone opportunities. I love when week two destroys some of the week one storylines. They were four for four in the red zone today. So they, they were perfect. We'll, we'll have to see over the course of the season whether they stay perfect. But listening to that highlight reminded me how the secondary players really carry the day for the Falcons. I think that's a great sign long-term. Austin Hooper had a big game, including that touchdown. Calvin Ridley had a big game, uh, including a touchdown. Ito Smith looked really Edo. looked really good and made me think they're not re-signing Tevin Coleman or, or they're going to have to move on from one of their running backs. Devontae Freeman was, isn't, wasn't healthy for today's game, but Ito Smith looked like a guy who maybe next year we're going to be hearing a lot more. Hey, loose cannon. Let's cannon blast some of those week one narratives, courtesy of week two. Sure. (laughs) Goodbye, week one narratives. 
or most of them. Gotta love 18th century technology. Oh man, the destructive ammunition. Matt Ryan has a sneaky dominant history against the Panthers. Every time he plays them, he, he, owns he just lights lights Rob what, what makes it sneaky as opposed to just like regular? Because no one really pays attention to the Panthers I'm super Falcons on it. rivalry. I mean, I didn't know about that, but he, I'm like obsessed with it. I, I don't think it's a good sign that Cam Newton's been their leading rusher two straight weeks. He's 42 yards today, led the team. But so I do have enough. Supposed to be the Christian McCaffrey breakout season. I mean, he Christian McCaffrey had 14 catches for 102 yards, and oh, okay. he's he's does he run do. between the tackles? Right. Bro? But can he run between the tackles, Greg Rosenthal? They, he hasn't been doing it too much. But I do have an update for you. I thought you would be interested. After yes. two weeks of play, Cam Newton's completion percentage is. Oh, oh please say 66. Please say 66. 69. Yeah, baby. Nice. Even better. Double great. Nice. Nice. <laughs> See, Greg, Wes. Hey, it's time to write a Mia Culpa uh, ATN post. Listen, Norv, I took Norv to task back in May, but he proved himself. Well, as no long need as, to cannon blast that narrative. Well, as long as the first two weeks mean everything, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the MVP this year, and the Jaguars <laughs> have found their franchise quarterback. Uh, but, the, yeah, the Falcons, that was a deeply frustrating week one loss. And from the narrative standpoint, like everything that people – we're upset and up in arms about throughout the offseason. When the same thing happens in week one, it becomes a double-down scenario. So I would think Steve Sarkeesian, some people won't sleep well tonight. Sark will. Good for him. And the Falcons' home crowd, I think, getting in that stadium, getting to be a real advantage. They ran the ball really well. Tevin Coleman also ran well. And I think they're going to be a tough out. They were a little unlucky not to be 2-0, and but they're going to be a very tough out in Atlanta. Uh, let's uh, hear from a sponsor, ADT. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. Explore the vast number of things you can do with your secure smart home, like game day service and ADT automation that unlocks the front door for friends who arrive at your place for the game while you're out. You're still out getting snacks. This must be a, a big thing, this, like, snack thing. It's like, come on in the house. I've never done it before, but maybe a lot of We're always at work on Sunday. Oh, that's true. Uh, or home run service, which lets you check in on your home's cameras even while you're in the nosebleeds. I, I never thought to do that either, but that's a good idea. Or even goalkeeping service. Notice the motif, it's all sports-related. Like a soccer goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even, you know, basketball, if you put your hand in the cylinder. Uh, which lets you close your garage door while you're at your kid's soccer practice to keep criminals and critters on the sidelines. Not to mention, you can set up your home to automatically do things like lock the doors and set the thermostat when you leave. I love that. That's like that, that future sh- that we always wanted oh, to have happen. Oh, I'm so happen. in on the Bluetooth. Yeah, like the Jetsons type stuff. Like yeah. You're halfway across the world and you could change the temperature Love of your it. house. I don't know why you would, but all controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice and backed by 24-7 prote- protection. Visit ADT.com slash smart to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Let's move on. They are coming after. Titans snap it directly to Byard. He throws to Crookshank. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. It's on. Touchdown, Titans. Yes. Yes. That's got a great Kevin voice. Byard can do it all. And Dane Crookshank, the fifth round pick out of Arizona, takes her to the house. Love it, Mike Keith. WGFX with the call and a very good call on a very well-executed trick play for the Titans who got on the board with that. Ryan Suckup kicked a 31-yard field goal, one minute to play, and the Titans, beat up as they are, held off the Texans 2017. 
Mike Vrabel gets his first uh, coach uh, win in the NFL as a head coach, uh, coming at the expense of the team that he worked with for four years prior to getting the gig. Now we welcome Jeremy Bergman. I call him Burgo. Uh, what's up, buddy? The Titans were beat up and missing their starting quarterback. It's a bad sign that the Texans couldn't take care of business, isn't it? It's a real missed opportunity for the Texans. Blaine Gabbert started in, uh, instead of Marks Mariota, who – Still did not have feeling in his hands. We came into this game thinking that they were going to maybe split snaps today. That's That was the report yesterday, and that was totally bogus. We figured that out uh, by the first drive. It was on that at the end of that first drive that the, tech, the Titans tried that fake punt uh, touchdown, Kevin Byer to Dane Crookshank. 66 Crookshank! Yards, one of the best names in the in the league by oh, far. There is an artery on the west side of town in Cincinnati called Crookshank, one of one of the streets <laughs> really? near where I grew up. You call him Crook or Shank because either way is kind of a win. I don't know. Uh, Shank probably. Okay, Shank. Crookshank, as long as he's not a kicker. But the, uh, the stat of the day was that Crookshank ended up being the Titans' leading receiver. One Oof. catch, 66 yards, and a touchdown. That was the case with the Titans on the day. Uh, the pass run breakdown was 23-34, to 34, and the running backs were not effective. They had to resort to some trickery like that. They had uh, Derrick Henry in the Wildcat at points, but nobody was really effective. It was really the, the Texans missing an opportunity uh, with, Will Fur- with Will Fuller back in the starting lineup uh, coming back from an injury last week. Uh, Fuller and Hopkins both went over 100. They both scored a touchdown, and yet the hmm. Titans found a way to win. They're 0-2 now. Uh, the Texans and we I think we talked about this a lot during the summer that the Texans were a very uh, you know high ceiling low floor team and getting off to an own two start is not uh, pointing in the right direction and frustration perhaps setting in as well let's hear what J.J. Watt had to say when he was asked one of those kind of dumb questions that sometimes journalists ask uh, ask after a game because you're just trying to set up the guy to talk and uh, Mr. Justin James took exception. You started 0-2 before, but come back to make the playoffs. Is it your mindset or? No, I'm just going to give up. No, I mean, what, what, what kind of answer do you want there? I mean, yeah, obviously I'm, we're going to go to work. We're going to we're going to learn from mistakes, but I mean, I mean, come on, that's a that's a ridiculous question. I could see how frustrating that would be for J.J. Watt. He didn't really show up on the stat sheet for the second week in a row. Jadavian Clowney didn't play. A little Burgatron Watt heat there. <laughs> Coming after him. He was in the backfield, okay. but he didn't register a sack. I got Burgatron in that one-on-one battle, surprisingly. Lock yeah. it up. Yeah, exactly. My 5-6 frame going against Burgatron, uh, the only man who might be as small as me that's ever been in this studio, wearing a beautiful sweatshirt, uh, which says Hebrew Orphan Asylum. Can you just explain that for me? That's the guy that I got in the J.J. Watt one-on-one battle. (laughs) What does that even mean? I had to rep my alma mater today, Uh, you know, Hebrew Orphan Asylum. It's actually uh, like an old baseball team from the 20s or something. Nice. Wow. But, uh, yeah, Jadamian Clowney out with back and elbow injuries. It's a missed opportunity because the Titans were missing their starting two tackles. You would have thought that with Blaine Gabbard back there. And their third tackle, Dennis Kelly. Like, that's a lot of yeah, tackles. got to win this game, Houston. They yeah. had 150 more yards than a tight Oh, I, John McClain, I wasn't following his Twitter handle. He must have had a oh, conniption. He, he was melting down on that on that fake punt in the, early in the game. I mean, My God. The offense, besides the offensive line, Deshaun Watson was sacked four times and hit nine. It's still a problem. How did Watson look in general, did he think? Watson, like last week, he still held on to the ball a little long. It, after Suckup kicked a field goal at the end of the game, the Texans had a drive. They were going down the field. They were on their own 48-yard line with 17 seconds left. Watson dropped back and then rolled out to his right, and he spent the entire 
17 seconds waiting for a play to develop and then threw it in the middle of the field to the DeAndre Hopkins with no timeouts, time ran out. He mm. said that his instincts took over and uh, he would have, if he had gone back, he would have, uh, you know, done it differently. But um, it's a missed opportunity for Houston who play, they get their home opener uh, against the Giants next week. Those are learning experiences for Watson. You can't expect him to treat the end of games like he's Tom Brady. Right. And it's just striking, I think, because he was so electric last year and watching them was so electric that these first two weeks are just more reminiscent of his first two appearances last year where the t- right. t- it took them a little while to get going and you hope that they end up getting going this year and are more fun to watch because th- this game I feel like kind of barely existed on the NFL radar. This was kind of – no one was you, really paying attention. You want to hear a crazy stat? I just looked this up on Pro Football Reference. J.J. Watt's last sack in the NFL. It's like two and a half years ago. Oh, my God. It's uh, September 18th, 2016. So we're coming up on two years. Mm. Two years. So I remember it, it well. Five, five, years, <laughs> five games last year. He's been shut out so far this year. Not a good start. One more crazy stat. Lamar Miller, who we haven't really been talking about, through two games has 4.9 uh, yards per carry. There's my boy. I was waiting for him. He, he burned me last two year. Two years later. Cost me sandwiches. And now he turns it on. Whatever, Lamar Miller. I give you no credit. Let's move on. <laughs> Second down and one. Ball on the right hash at the Arizona 11. Goff gives to Gurley. He bounces right side at the perimeter. A stiff on 10. Gurley gets in. Touchdown, Todd Gurley. Touchdown, LA. Oh, what a mess this game was. JB Long, KSPN with the My call. neighbor. There you go. Todd Gurley. Rushed for just 42 yards, but he scored three touchdowns as the Rams roll to a 34-to-zip win over the hapless Arizona Cardinals at the L.A. Coliseum. Burgo, uh, Burgatron, first baseman of the Hebrew Orphan Asylum. Uh, the Cardinals have been outscored 58-6 in back-to-back losses to start the season. It has to be Josh Rosen time, no? I'm probably the bench coach, but we'll go with first baseman. <laughs> uh, it could be, it could be Josh Rosen time. I would say it's not all Sam Bradford's fault. There's a lot going on on that or Arizona offense. I get that. Nobody, come on. Nobody's what are we doing playing here? well. I get it. They have one more home game, and then after that, I think you can maybe consider going to Josh Rosen. This thing was over from the second drive of the second quarter. Uh, the Rams started slowly again, as they did against Oakland, but. They scored 19 points in the second quarter. Gurley was not getting it going. Actually, a pretty good uh, rush defense with Corey Peters up front for the Cardinals. But Goff had a really good game. Found Brandon Cooks deep. Uh, he's clearly the he's clearly better than Sammy Watkins was at this point last year. Woods and Cup also had big games. And uh, let me let me read you a little poem that I wrote out. Wow. Ooh, I'm really taking Sessler's uh, <laughs> spot here. Well, I mean, I, I will say this wasn't really creative. It's the setup that's creative. Okay. It's called um, <clears throat> Cardinals Drives. <laughs> punt, 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 interception, end of game. Is that iambic pentameter? That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's That was beautiful. Thank that, you. That was sexy. I did see that they didn't cross – midfield until the second to last play of the game. That is correct. Which you just don't see in the NFL. They only have five first downs. I'd like to find out when was the last time a team had five or less first downs in an entire game. What? Because that's something. You five just... first downs. Two of them came on the final drive. Right. It, into nowhere. <laughs> you just you just don't see that. And the Rams now 34 to 13 last week. 34 to nothing. Five first downs. This week. They've got three receivers on pace to get about 1,300 yards. It's like, this is a super team. This, they, it's Super Bowl or bust for an LA football team. Uh, let's move on.
Tannehill takes the snap. Here comes an all-out blitz. Tannehill under pressure, dumps it left, caught by Gore. No one home for the Jets. Yeah. He's up the oh, middle yeah. of the field, inside the 35, inside the 30, down to the Jet. 25, first down. 20 yards on third and 19. An absolute backbreaker for the Jets. Ooh, jaunty. WEPN Bob was choosing with the call. Uh, that was a fitting play uh, for the Jets on Sunday. Ryan Tannehill threw two touchdown passes. Frank Gore had that big third and forever reception that really kind of locked the game up for Miami. And the Miami Dolphins uh, cruised to a 20-12 win over the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. Uh, Burgo, you and I are both LSJF, long-suffering Jets fans. Frustrating loss, but let's be honest, not overly shocking uh, after that glory boy fest in Detroit on Monday. This is just how it goes for our No, team. I think everybody in New York got a little a little too high off of that, that win. There was nah. a lot. A lot uh, well, <laughs> that well, never happened. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things went right in that win that did not go right here. Uh, Sam Darnold bounced back from that pick six. Last week with a couple great drives, this week he contributed to or took away 14 points on two interceptions. The first one led to one of Miami's first touchdowns. The second one could have brought the Jets within six, but uh, on the first play of the drive uh, through a post into the end zone, Terrell Pryor apparently didn't run toward the ball. He apologized after the game. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that was the biggest play of the game. It was uh, at that point they had uh, gotten to within, what was it? It 20, was 20 to six. 20 to six. We're talking about 12 minutes to play in the third quarter. Miami turns it over first and 10 from the 12. And on the first play, Darnold uh, jams it in there and gets picked off. And the air went out of that stadium. This is the biggest Jets home opener uh, in a long time in terms of how exciting uh, Monday night was, all the buildup mm -hmm. with Darnold. Uh, so for them to fall behind the way they did and never really be able to make plays and c continuously shoot themselves in the foot, uh, this was a classic, classic Jets game. And Darnold... Oh, that's not nice. Well, I locked this one up. So I'm now 0-2. The defending champ is struggling. But uh, Darnold had... Listen, he's 21. There's going to be games like this. That's why I'm not even that dejected, because I know there will be Sundays like this throughout the season. You just want to see growth as the season progresses. Uh, but the interceptions were killer. And at the end of the half, again, another woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, they botched the time. Uh, near the goal line at Miami. He throws short of the goal line, and they get tackled at the one, and they get no points out of it, more deflation. So a very frustrating loss. And on the Dolphins' side, that is a, a nice win by a team. I, I know that the Dolphins aren't exciting, and I'm not sold on Ryan Tannehill. Generally, even in a game like today where the stats look okay, he's meh. But I think that this team is going to hang around. They're now 2-0. and They're all alone in first place in the AFC East, uh, which doesn't mean anything. But I think the Dolphins are going to be in the mix here, whether we like it or not. Uh, the Dolphins have the Raiders next week at home, and that is a, mm. that is a possible win. And then week four is Dolphins at Patriots for AFC East. Uh, a quarter pole supremacy, not quarter pole. Oh, I no, love I mean, it. The, the Dolphins were outgained by a hundred here, but there is opportunity for the second place, or even you know, if it, a first place team, any team in this division. The easiest schedule in the league, just by going into the season, we're all AFC East teams because they're playing each other, and the out of division schedule isn't too challenging. I'll get the Bills. You're not going to win that many games where you have 257 yards of offense, which the Dolphins did in in New York today, so or New Jersey. I think I think if you're a Jets fan, you can't be too 
This was a kind what? of a weird game. Is front running Fireman Ed going to slink back into his <laughs> hole after this? <laughs> Fireman Ed's catching a ton of heat. He uh, should. You know, I have to say, I, I'm one of the Jet fans that don't kill Fireman Ed. He still goes to every game. Does he? he yeah, he's a season ticket holder. He just moved his section and said he didn't want to be leading the chant anymore. I take it he all back. Dress up as a Fireman. But, but no, what your viewpoint is, and it's kind of fake news, I guess, is what it is, is what most people think is that he just stopped going to games and now he just popped I, up after Monday Night I Football. I stand corrected. Well, yeah, I mean whatever. that guy. What a pillar, pillar of the <laughs> community. Up, we'll, we'll see how quickly they, <laughs> the Jets turn it around. They're playing the Browns. Pillar of the community. <laughs> They're playing the Browns on a short week uh, on Thursday night. I'm not. You guys already went over the Browns game. Maybe we see Baker Mayfield if uh, on a short week. Not. That's a tough. That's a tough ask. That, that would be nice. That would be nice. But how about how about that Frank Gore play picking nice. that up? It was a little grounder and. I, he picked it up like Alvaro Espinosa. There's a reference you wow. can get. You know, I don't know if you, <laughs> most people don't make that play. The fourth all-time leading rusher in NFL history. Now he passed Curtis Martin in the, in the Curtis house Martin. that in the house that Martin built. How about it was, <laughs> he, he didn't build sense. that? I think that was mostly the Maras and uh, the yeah. Johnson family. And just know what a what a pro I am because because I know you have this little man boy crush on Frank Gore. I cut that just for you. I wanted you, you to enjoy that moment. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. All right, hey. By the way, do you have any other negative comments about New York firefighters, the real heroes? Wow, especially on this week. I mean, the real fighter fighters don't look for attention. Oh, you know what I you're mean? Disgusting, They're humble. Man. Burgo, thank you, buddy. Adios. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Let's Jim. move on. Five wide into the pattern here for Andrew Luck. Those are the back, real heroes, Greg. Towards the end what zone, are you trying to paint me as? Touchdown, me Eric Ebron! <laughs> Ebron! With his second touchdown in as many games, and the Colts strike first. We need a history lesson, Greg. Nine twenty-five to go in the opening <laughs> quarter. Narrative. Andrew, Andrew Luck. Oh, sorry. The call there by Matt Taylor. Uh, WFNI. Andrew Luck shook off two interceptions. Marched down the field. Second, uh, two touchdowns in the game. He helps the Colts beat the Washington Redskins, twenty-one-nine. Uh, that's the first win of the season for the Colts, and, and Andrew Luck's first win in some time, as we know. West. All the worries about number 12's NFL future now feel safely in the rear view. He looks like Andrew Luck has always looked. That's great. Came out on the opening drive. It was a beautiful opening drive. His ball placement was uncanny on that opening drive. And then for a while, the offense kind of went in the tank, as you would expect, without his left tackle, without much of a running game, and with basically only T.Y. Hilton to move the chains up and down the field. He likes Ebron in the red zone, but he relies a lot on T.Y. Hilton and he was undermanned in this game and outplayed Alex Smith. I would give a vote early on. It's just like the most impressive new coach to me to Frank Reich. Not that any of them won last week, but when you watch the Colts, they just, they're just transformed. They're a totally different offense. You could see it in week one. I bet you can see and it. And defense. And defense. Matt Aberflus, or however we're pronouncing his name. Rob Ryan went Eberflus. Eberflage. He used to work with him. Yeah. He has turned Margus Hunt the Eastern Bloc, formerly a hard knock star, into a guy who is throwing offensive linemen around, knocking running backs for losses, sacking quarterbacks. And Darius Leonard, their second-round pick out of small school South Carolina State, 18 tackles today. It's outrageous. A sack, a forced fumble with the game on the line, and and the Redskins driving, he forced a fumble on Jordan Reed. This defense came to play today. And 
yeah, it sounds like the the defense sort of dominated. Adrian Peterson held to 20 yards on 11 carries, so their running game didn't get anything going. And and one of the reasons I think everyone seems to like Reich, afterwards he's dancing in the locker room, Jim Irsay's dancing, and there was a lot of talk about the three-yard pass from Luck to Hilton that kind of put the game away. And that was a play they practiced throughout the weekend and they knew if they get into a spot where they absolutely need a touchdown, that's the play that they're going to call. These are the types of stories that you can write when Frank Reich is your head coach. He, he breaks it out. The defense had no clue. It was a super creative play. Reminded me of something you would have seen with the Eagles last year. Game over. You're done. Redskins a little frisky in week one. Now they take a step back. So we got to reassess where uh, the skins are because we were we- – Say a little feisty NFC. I like the skins still. One contender. one game's not gonna kill me, but yeah, this was not a good. The team. Jordan Reed fumble was big. Paul Richardson had a big drop over the middle on a third down that was big. They just had a few errors, and they didn't seem like they could handle. This sounds so weird after the first week. Didn't seem like they could handle the Colts' physical toughness in this game. And where were the Colts fans, are, by the way? Colts are a different team. Yeah, the, the announced crowd oh, oh, was 50, less than 60,000. 58,000, which was almost 20,000 down from a year ago. Right? Was, where was everybody? Washington seems a little out on the Redskins right now. Which well. is surprising after what they did the first week. But who knows? It's been a rough couple been, decades yes, for Redskins has. fans. Let's move on. Matthew looks, rolls right, in trouble, comes back left, sets and throws. Got it to Theo, in and out of his hands and incomplete. Again, hit him in the hands, but he couldn't hang on and down at the 48-yard line of San Francisco, and this game's over. Dan Miller, WJR with the call. Theo Riddick, a nightmare final drive for Detroit where two passes clanked off his hands hmm. when uh, the Lions are trying to get into field goal posi- pos- uh, position. So they couldn't. They fall 30-27 to 27 to the San Francisco 49ers uh, at the big bell bottom. Uh, this is a game... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw two touchdowns. Matt Breida ran for 138. Uh, and uh, the Niners, after that tough loss to the Vikings in week one, get a W. Wes? I have to be honest, I saw none of this game. <laughs> so I'm going to lean on whoever in here. Lean on me, Wes. All right. I'll take you through it all. Uh, that the 49ers looked, or the uh, Lions looked dead and buried in this game at 30-13. And to their credit, and to Matt Patricia's credit, I have to say, because nobody had a worse week one than Matt Patricia, this team fell behind in a tough environment against a potentially good team, and they chipped away, they battled back, got it to 30-27, got the stop they needed to get the ball back. And uh, I mean, if Riddick doesn't drop those, he's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. That's his job. It went right through his hands. They would have had a field goal yeah. attempt at and least. And that came, I believe, the play before. He had a, he had room to run in the middle of the field that would have put them right on the cusp of field goal range. It wasn't all on Theo Riddick. Uh, Matt Stafford, uh, statistically, uh, let's see what he did statistically. 347 and 3. That 340 and 3 is just like it's easier than ever to do in the NFL. When you boys, and I know you are the scientists, when you fire this game up on Game Pass, you are going to be surprised, nay, stunned by how many balls mm. Matt Stafford missed downfield. Uh, he, he did not cash in on numerous big play mm. opportunities. And uh, even though the numbers were better, and obviously he was better than he was against the Jets when maybe they were the New York was stealing the signs, but he threw four picks and just looked terrible. Uh, he was better in this game, but he's still not looking like the Matt Stafford that we saw uh, with Jim Bob Cooter in the last two seasons. Here's what worries me about the 49ers. I went back and watched that week one game, and their offensive line was atrocious. Just all, absolutely dominated by the Vikings, which happens. 
It's the Vikings. But then in this game, the Lions sacked Garoppolo six times. Jimmy G, after the game, said a lot of those were his fault. I don't know if that was just him being a, a leader and trying to take the blame because that sounds like the type of thing that, that he would do. He also had an interception on, on their last drive that was called back. It was a Ooh. really a key play for them. He got but bailed it, out on that. It's nice that the 49ers are w- winning games as they're kind of going through these you know, learning curves. I mean, this is still a team that should be fairly early in their development. Right. So that the fact that they can sneak a game out where a lot of things went wrong is good. Garoppolo looked good, not great. You have to be uh, happy and excited if uh, they lose Jarek McKinnon and then they go uh, for 190 yards rushing. Uh, in this game, so they've been able to at least for one week uh, mitigate the loss of McKinnon. And that 66-yard touchdown run for Brito was, I believe, the longest uh, for the Niners. They found something four in, years. That, in the rookie linebacker, Fred Werner. I, oh, know you I were thought he was about. He had another another active day. He was the most impressive defensive rookie of Week One. I thought that I saw anyway. Oh, my goodness, it's Jules sous vide, which makes it easy to cook an incredible dinner that everyone will love any night of the week, whether you're making chicken, seafood, veggies, eggs, practically anything. Jules sous vide makes it better than a restaurant. Cooking with Jules is hands-free, so you can exercise, read, practice piano, or do whatever you want while Jules does the work. Jules makes it easy to batch cook healthy food at home, and food comes out perfect every time. Zero guesswork. Food is never under or overcooked. It's just easy. It's easy. And Chris Wessling, we are uh, in possession of our Jules sous vide. And uh, you used it uh, this weekend, and you were quite happy with the results, weren't you, pal? I treated myself to quite the Friday night with the sous vide. (laughs) I bought a New York strip steak and cooked that thing to perfection. It was one of the best strip steaks I've ever had. But this ad is not lying. What really won me over is how easy it is. Wow. All you need. (laughs) This is good. No, all you need, seriously, is a pot of water. You don't even put it on your stove. You put it on the counter. Put Put the jewel in the water. Put your steak or your fish or your chicken in a one gallon Ziploc bag. Hang the bag over the side if you want. That's what I did. Let it go. Your phone controls the whole thing. Through an app. My God. So I didn't even have to put Just any Just send buttons. us the money now, Jules Savid, <laughs> or hire Chris Wesseling as your endorser. Make him the face. He's putting this stuff out on social media. He had like a seven-part mini-series on Instagram that showed how beautiful these things I'm look. not. I'm a bit of That's a That's free, free labor for you. I'm a bit of a Luddite. Like, I appreciate technology, but I just quit on it if I can't use it. This was something that I could use easily. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Julie. Uh, and use code AROUND to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E, code AROUND. Jewel, perfect food every time. Can't pay for that. I mean, that was just... No, you they can't. They did pay for it. I'm not, I'm not for sale. That's true. I can't be bought. No, you can't. And now inside the red zone. Hey, we know that guy. 10 from the 20. Offset eye. Motion man is Tyrell Williams. Hand off to Gordon. He's got room left side, outside the numbers. 10, 5. Touchdown, Chargers! Melvin Gordon mm. with a 20-yard run. The Chargers gave him a little bit. Of I can't even the voice move. of the Around the NFL podcast, Matt Money Smith, KFI with the call. And some other guy started talking, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> the Chargers were the lucky team that drew the Bills in Week 2, and they made the most of it, a 31-20 win in Orchard Park. Melvin Gordon matched a career-high three touchdowns. Phillip Rivers threw for three scores, posting a passer rating north of 140. The Bolts have your heart again, Greg, or is it just, you know? 
Bills. My God. I never. I, I, they never lost my heart. This is going to be a fun team to watch. Whenever Philip Rivers can get three touchdowns in the first 20 minutes, I mean, okay, you know, you got a tough team with the Chiefs coming in. Maybe you lose that game. But if you want a team to go on the road and beat a hapless, also ran like the Bills, the Chargers are your team. <laughs> what a sell. So they get, if you got a really bad team, we got a team for you to take care of. Hey, two weeks still? into the season, I'm as excited about them offensively as I okay, was. They put up sense. 530 yards. I'm a little worried about the defense, but we'll have to see. Are you still trying to convince us that the Bills aren't that bad? All I said was the NFL is a, is a crazy <laughs> place. Uh, you made the same argument that the Browns had no chance. To now play. Greg's selling. The Bills the Bills, and the Cardinals. I think the Bills are even worse than the Cardinals. They almost covered in the end. It was 31-20. to 20. Josh Allen does seem like he's better than Nathan Peterman. There you go again. They Nathan almost Peterman. covered in the end. They got blown out of the water. The they most did. The most memorable thing about this game, though, will be that one of the players retired uh, at halftime. Vontae Davis, who's had a nice career in the NFL over, uh, I believe, about eight or nine seasons. Uh, had bounced around in recent years, was with Buffalo. And at halftime, he decided he didn't want to play anymore. So he, he said his heart wasn't in it. And he quit football. Not the game. Not just the game. Uh, or the team. The entire thing. Uh, he released a statement after the game explaining why he made that decision. And the statement itself was kind of surreal uh, in how well packaged it was on social media. Very strange situation. Uh, as you might imagine, the Bills who are going through stuff right now, this is the last thing they want to have to be asked about after another humbling loss. Here's what Lor- uh, Lorenzo Alexander had to say on the Vontae Davis news. You've seen anything like that in your NFL Never career? have seen it ever. Pop Warner, high school, college. Pros, never heard of it, never seen it, and it's just completely disrespectful when to did, uh, his teammates. Did he say anything to you? Did, did, did he say anybody to anybody? He say nothing to nobody. He left? When did yeah, he you know as much as I know. I know I found out going in the second half of the game. Uh, coming out, said they said he's not coming out, he retired. <laughs> that's so, crazy. What? Yep, that's it. So, Who said uh, that? Who said what? Who said he was Sean said that. All right, that's, that's good. I think um, uh, you brought up hard knocks and, and Marcus Hunt before. Vontae Davis had one of the more memorable hard knocks moments of the last five or so years when uh, he got called. I think Jeff Ireland, it was, called him into his office and alerted him he was being traded to the Colts. And the first thing that Vontae Davis said is, can I call my grandma? which uh, went viral. That was a pretty big deal. So we're talking about, about a different type of cat here. And so uh, although this is kind of unheard of, not, if I had to pick a guy, Vontae Davis would be on my short list of, of players that would do something like this. What an ignominious moment for the Buffalo Bills of 2018. And football has very strong, strong points, and it's got some weak points. But one of its strengths is it fosters mental toughness. And this is the opposite of mental toughness. How bad was – what did Sean McDermott say in that halftime speech? Oh, my God. Scott Vontae Davis. <laughs> you do – you feel for Vontae Davis, who's – I feel for Lorenzo Alexander. No, and yeah. you feel for the, the players. I'm just saying he's played through a lot of injuries. You, you have to have a level of toughness uh, to do everything that Absolutely. he's done throughout yes. his career. And to be pushed to the, to the point where he clearly just was like, I'm done with this sport – I shouldn't have played. He seemed to be on the fence of playing this year anyways, based on how he they're watching him in preseason, I, I would have thought right. that he would have quit before. He game. was a healthy scratch last week. He was given $5 million this season, $3.5 million. So many bad investments in Buffalo. Guaranteed. We're sleeping on that a little bit. You're, you're absolutely right. And his heart clearly wasn't in it. That's all I mean in terms of feeling for him. You just wish that he had made it to the end of the game 
and retired at the end of the game. Because I don't have. I don't think people. Right. I, I mean, I don't think I, people would have killed him if I, he retired after two saying. weeks. It would have been a weird story. But you just got to finish out the game. Yeah, right? I get what you're saying. It sucks for your for his mind to go that to into that. I'm place. saying you had to feel pretty low and th- feel pretty crazy. To you're get right. To that point. But you just finish the final two. Yeah, goals. exactly. And his statement. Uh, he said, you know, the, the, the stress and, uh, you know, what the punishment you take as a player. And we get all that. But it, to, just to do it in the middle of the game, that's a, such a strange move and uh, an impulsive one that I, I imagine he may regret one day. But It's a sport where your heart has to be in it, and that's absolutely. why it, it, after the game it wouldn't have seemed that crazy. I was thinking, well, did he get just absolutely torched? At the PFF had him as a negative 1.4 in run defense. Wait, he played? Oh yeah, he played hit? 29 snaps. He started. Yeah. He, he started the game. Oh he no, he played the first. He said he was on the field and he's thinking to himself, like, I don't want to do this anymore. It was, he started the game. Incredible story. Because they That's were injured, even... they were pretty banged up, so they had to <laughs> start him. That blows my mind. I thought that like he was on the sideline and they didn't put him in the game, no, so he man. quit. No, and they ended up having to use you know Raphael Bush and some other players who, who nice. aren't necessarily used to it. Uh, playing. Do you think he was like, I'm going to the bathroom and just snuck out the back door or something? I don't know. Which takes us to Sunday Night Football. Fake to Elliott, and they go deep downfield and getting open and making the catch at the 25-yard line and taking it all the way into the end zone. Tavon Austin, touchdown Cowboys. Dak Prescott played efficient football behind center. Zeke Elliott ran for a touchdown and 78 yards on the ground. And the Dallas Cowboys defense stifle Eli Manning and the New York Giants. A 20-13 win in Jarrow World uh, that gets the Cowboys a uh, their first win of the season after that disappointing week one loss against the Panthers. The Giants, meanwhile, Oh, and two, and probably asking some questions right now. Greg, where are they asking questions? I'm asking a question of my... Oh, Terry Underwood. And I'm playing the role of Mark Sessler tonight, which I completely look forward to. I'm wondering why I was looking forward to any NFC East games in primetime. I thought they would be more exciting this year, (laughs) and they're not. This was one of the worst Giants-Cowboys games in recent memory, but they're all usually stinkers. At least if you're a Cowboys fan, though, I think you have to feel like you're showing some consistency over these two weeks, which is that the defensive front is going to be a problem. So that gives you something to build off with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, when I said earlier this, or in the preview podcast, that the Cowboys' offense is worse than the defense, probably wasn't given enough credit to the defense, which the front seven, you're right, does look much improved. And it looks like one of the better front sevens in the NFC now. I mean, you got to give the entire Dallas unit really had a nice game because when you can shut down Saquon Barkley, who went 11 for 28, two and a half yards per carry, made Eli make old, look very old, which I get it. Now it's starting to look like a lot of defenses can do that. But then on top of that, Odell Beckham held uh, to four catches for 51 yards on nine targets. So they were able to shut down Beckham, take keep Barkley from breaking big plays, and Eli Manning, especially in the first half, and he, he did a couple things in the second half, but this is going to be the question now. And I, I spent much of the offseason, whenever the Giants came up, um, uh, pounding the table that Eli had another year in him. I think every Eli supporter, uh, is it's fair to start wondering if, if you hitched yourself to the wrong wagon. Because They're on the ropes right now. He, They're on the ropes. I'm not, not going to bail. I will not bail after week two and say that Eli shot and the Giants made the biggest mistake in their recent history by passing on a quarterback. But through two games, it is not looking good. Yeah, I have a question. Dave Gettleman comes in. Pat Shermer comes in. Revamped offensive line. Saquon Barkley. Their receivers are healthy. 
and what's changed. They look like the same mm. inept offense as last year. Eli's face is just – he was making faces in this game. Like, <laughs> I think people really identify with Eli because he makes faces – as he's getting up from getting hit or as he's about to get hit. Or as that, he's getting hit. Right. That I imagine that I would make, like if I was in an NFL game. So maybe it, it humanizes him, but he was make he had some of the saddest kind of faces getting up from some of those hits tonight that I've ever seen from Eli. This offensive line is not fixed. No. That was the narrative all offseason, and they are not fixed in any way. And the Cowboys defense is different. Byron Jones is playing cornerback. He was the one who was tracking Odell Beckham for much of this there game. Awuze – you know, only started at the end of last year. He looks like a quality starter. Jalen Smith played pretty well in this game. Van Der Esch came on and ended up making some plays. Like, Demarcus Lawrence is going from Defensive Player of the Year candidate to backing that up now to start the second season. So they've got a lot going on. If they can get, like, one or two big plays out of Dak, which they got, and and good running from Zeke. I think the Cowboys deserve some credit for that Jalen Smith pick. That everyone, I mean, almost everyone knocked him, knocked them for it. And he looks like an actual NFL middle linebacker now. It's one of those like great stories, too, because he was a prized prospect in his last college game in a bowl game for Notre Dame. He suffers an injury that some people think he'll never recover from. So now to see him putting together a nice NFL career, that's a great story. The Giants, by the way, so everyone knew before the season that the schedule looked terrible. After two weeks, when you take another look at the schedules, it's still a really bad schedule. 0-2 is bad, so they're in a hole. Next week at Texans, another 0-2 disappointment that's so a nice far. That's matchup. But that's a tough You're game. on the road. On though. the road against a team that's desperate uh, as you are. Home to Saints, and I don't know about the Saints. We'll see about the Saints. At Panthers, home to Eagles, at Falcons. So that's a really tough uh, even with some of those teams not playing very well in the first two weeks, there are no gimmies. There are no Buffalo Bills on the schedule, and the Giants have put themselves in a hole for the second straight year. And while Tavon Austin isn't getting the dozen to two dozen touches per game that Stephen Jones promised in the offseason. <laughs> I think he said 100 touches a game. As <laughs> he did get three, including the 64-yard touchdown. So it's nice to see Tavon Austin making a play. What is it about him that makes coaches promise the unpromisable? I don't know. He's like, I think it's because he's awesome in off-season practices when mm. there's no tackling. There's, yeah, and he's and just, just yeah. he's super fast. The little quick guys. And uh, shout out to Evan Ingram for delivering me a uh, fantasy mm. win with a total <laughs> worthless touchdown in the final. Who said it's worthless? Not to me. You were pretty excited that yeah. we were, it was livening up the studio here at it was, the end of a long day. I mean, you know, I was happy that the Patriots lost, but I don't really. I only really get excited when that happens in the playoffs. Truly. Uh, but, you know, the Jets laid an egg, and, and the Yankees lost again. And Your favorite player, Eli Manning, struggled. <laughs> Eli's in the tank. Uh, I really kind of needed a pick-me-up, so a big comeback win on Sunday night. Who said nobody cares about fantasy, other people's fantasy teams? Like, the whole country is going to be transfixed by my team this year. Well, this beats last year's Matt Ryan angst. I have him on my team again. Nice performance. <laughs> well, that's a bad job by you. I know. All right, there you go. That's uh, – that's Sunday Night Football. That's Sunday of week two. It's one more uh, game, of course, on Monday night. Uh, and a reminder to everyone, the next time that you will hear slash see us is the premiere of our Twitter show. Uh, this is a big deal for us. It's going to be a totally different show than the podcast. Well, not totally different, but it will be a different show, uh, but it will still be the heroes. So make sure you check that out. A lot of choreography. You know, outfit changes. It's gonna. It's be a variety a, show. It's gonna be a lot. Uh, a lot of handwritten comedy bits. Uh, sock puppets. By a sock puppets. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, and that will uh, be. I, we're not sure. It's Tuesday in the one between the one and I think, two hour. I think it's probably gonna s- it's, about two. It's gonna probably start around five Eastern, two Pacific. 
in yeah. that zone. 10, so, 10 London time. Uh, keep an eye out for that. And we'll be back with our second podcast of the week on Wednesday. So uh, make sure you check that out. Okay. This is Dan Hansa signing off. Get well soon, Mark Sessler. Dan Hansa signing off for the mailman, the old boss. Thank you to Burgo and Shook and the loose cannon behind the glass. Yeah. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.